This is the one with a grand mother-ducking tree. Good old-fashioned Lancashire mud. Satan's greatest fear. The king's pricker. Ye olde hipster pop-up happening. All filler, no killer. And apple, apple bobbing. It's called the witch finders. <laughs> Isn't it just? <laughs> <laughs> Here, Here we, we go. go. <laughs> In person, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Whistle on our epic phrase. All through time and all through space. Whistle being an angel's hour. Dalek, Cyber, Zood and Wow! Counting Sonic's rating out. From the poor to the sublime. Echo Center with Ticker. Let's agree it's about time. Who back when? Reviewing on you who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, please. Rose and Donna. Amy Pond. Rory Clara. And beyond. Join, Join us on this side to see what other choice could there be but who back when? Who back when? Podcast land, you may prostrate yourselves before us. Hello, <laughs> podcast land, and what here? <laughs> welcome to what is sure to be a fantastic episode, a fantastic episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Oh, Doc <laughs> Indeed, that is absolutely correct. I am Leon and I am gazing not across the ether, well, I mean, ish, I suppose, across a table. At none other than Drew himself. Hello, Drew. Hello, King Drew the First. <laughs> Simply wonderful to have you here. Thanks very much. Yeah, your, your James the First is much better than mine. Um, <laughs> what are we talking about tonight, Drew? We're talking about N152, the Witchfinders. What, 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 what? Fantabulous. We meant to record this review uh, a weeks, plural, weeks ago, I yep. believe. Yep. And I have not rewatched it since. I rewatched it then, obvs, but I'm going to have to rely on you doing much of the heavy lifting because I just scrubbed through the episode and a lot of it was like, oh yeah, that happened. Yep, yep. This is the one I decided not to make my 3,000 words of notes for. I'm just kidding. We'll be fine. <laughs> Podcast land, don't worry. There'll be plenty of bants as well. I wonder though, Drew, how do you feel about this? High level. I really can't decide. You know, I say it's a mixed bag as a cop-out. Well, this is the mixtiest bag of them all. Oh, that is interesting. There's a lot to like and a lot I really don't like. Mm. Mm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm. There are a couple of things there. One thing that I suspect I know you didn't like and one thing that I wonder if you did like because I loved it. <gasps> Oh, wow. Uh, not the episode, that thing. Oh, <laughs> oh, you tease. <laughs> As for this episode, uh, what did you say? You really can't decide? I, I'm having my cake and eating it and spitting it out too. Okay, well, do you know how I feel about this? I really can't recall. Here's the thing. There are... <laughs> Already? <laughs> no, here, here, here's the thing. There are a number of things about it that I, I've even written down in my notes I thoroughly enjoyed about this episode. Mm. Like really, really mm. solid stuff. But I remember thinking at the time, and also now having scrubbed through it, that wowee, it ends pretty abruptly. There's something in the story there that doesn't quite uh, tickle my pickle. I think it should end more abruptly, but we'll get on to that. (laughs) Fantastic. So let's uh, figure out what this is about, eh? Let's. Time for us to synopsize, lubify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brief and listen to this overview, this free-for-all. We like to call a a bicycle chunk of who. 
Bite Ice Chunk of Who. Doc and the Stop Trying to Make Fam Happen are super looted, the 16th century version of Super Jazzed, to be attending the coronation of Bloody Liz one mate, except the TARDIS doesn't know <clears throat> which way to turn and has ended up at Bilehurst Crag, where the local landowneress is turning the village into a sausage fest at the rate of one occultist hag a week. At this moment, up creeps the local masked Avenger, who turns out to be none other than jittery old King Jim the First, dodging Catholics and Satan on a crusade <laughs> to cleanse the unwashed parts of his kingdom and finally make Mummy proud. Can Doc overcome the strange stirrings in the mud and old-fashioned gender conceptions to get to the biomechanical root of this puzzler? Please go over. You are welcome. Aren't you a jest? Aren't you jest? <laughs> So where would you like to start? Because I have a lot of questions and most of them I don't even remember the answer to myself. I want to start with answering those questions. Lay them on me. (laughs) Okay, here we go. You remember that scene where Doc is ducked? Yes. Did you see the worst drummer ever tapping a drum in the background of it? I didn't. Is this like the sweeper in in Quantum of Solace? The sweeper in Quantum of Solace is the someone, This is like the sweeper at the during the end credits of that one episode of season three of Twin Peaks. <laughs> it, it's it's a dude half arsedly. I I I actually do remember this. It's just like pop 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 pop. Probably thinking. I'm getting paid five quid a day. Yep. And they'll <laughs> just dub it over in post anyway. That's right. Ooh, check out my rhymes, Poetry Under Pressure. Yeah. Oh, I can have it. Oof, by the way. Okay, so that was one question done. I would just say that it is yeah. the sweeper in Quantum of Solace, and oh. you should YouTube it after the event to see what a great job that background extra was doing. Oh, I cannot wait. It's you, worth it. You also drew, I'm looking at you here, uh, yep. through actual physical space. Mm. You must look up the end credits of that one episode of season three of Twin Peaks as well. Okay. Yeah. Also. That's fair. That's a done deal. <laughs> Quid pro quo. <laughs> okay. Got another question for you. Yeah. Can Doc Sonic detect magic now? <laughs> Why do you ask? Oh, wait, because she tries that several times. She does that several times, and on one occasion even says, I've just written down the quote here. This is one of those cases where I'm not sure I've written this down sarcastically, (laughs) or if I mean this literally, or I meant this literally (laughs) at the time, but I've written, can Doc Sonic detect magic now? Quote, no magic and no sign of any sickness. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And as I recall, but again, caveat, (laughs) as I recall... It's not said in a, oh, everyone here is looking for magic. No, I've not found any magic, but I've also not found any sickness. It's not that. It's like, I, I can't find either reading. Well, may I direct you to the end of the episode where she quotes Arthur C. Clarke in saying oh. that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So she was just looking for sufficiently advanced technology. I am entirely sold on that. Well done. Yeah, that's very good. That's very Well good. done, Joy Wilkinson, who wrote this episode. Yeah, well done. For that one thing. Uh, what has Joy Wilkinson also written? I hope you've looked this up. Nope, that's not I one of my questions. I hope you're leading somewhere with this. <laughs> <laughs> what do we know of Joy Wilkinson? Well, this is a very unstable promontory we found ourselves upon. <laughs> Hang on, I'm finding it. I'm okay. finding it. I'm finding it. I'm doing a book on geology this week, so there may be some uh, geological terms oh, really? shoved in there. In fact... <laughs> While you're looking it up, (laughs) I was going to say, when the doc says, this biomechanical security system a tree has eroded over billions of years, very geologically unsound, because Pendle Hill would surely have eroded more than that, they would have had to make the whole prison structure for these war criminals of equally hard and weatherproof technology. Otherwise, they'll just walk out the side when a hole appears in the hill. That's so true, yeah. Yeah just doesn't work 
I'm I'm not the kind of person who's like you know what prison that's the way to go. But like in, <laughs> in, in, in general, dude, we've all listened to Prison Trilogy by Joan Baez and shed a tear for the for the convict. Yeah, uh, no, and also <laughs> what you must. Okay, now now we need a second quid pro quo. All right, fine. Yep. Um, uh, read Papillon. <laughs> that doesn't sound. It's only like three minutes. <laughs> My thing. Hey, uh, that's also a story where you feel really sorry for prisoners. Can I watch the Steve McQueen version instead? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah. Have you seen the remake, by the way? No. Yeah, they made a remake with that dude from Tron, I think. From the Tron sequel. Yeah, exactly. That's my facial expression as well, podcast Lloyd lands. Bridges? Jeff Bridges? <laughs> Not Jeff Bridges. Anyway, hang on. Recording in person is way more chaotic. (laughs) Let's pick this up in our Papillon podcast. Okay. (laughs) The Papillon cast. Uh, I've looked up... The Pap cast. I've looked up Joy Wilkinson, who has written for television The Witch Finders. Yep. End of list. She's also... (laughs) Not even even another episode of Doctor Who? No. She did, however, also write the target novelization of The Witch Finders. And right. she wrote three short stories, uh, one for the Target Storybook, one for Doctor Who Lockdown, and one for Doctor Who Magazine called Black Powder. Way to flog a banned murdered horse. <laughs> a creature of Satan. <laughs> a creature of Satan. I can't do it. Oh, Satan. I will get to it. <laughs> just, just pile on the vowels. Pack them in. <laughs> Seaton. You're getting better. <laughs> Good. So Joy Wilkinson, a bit of a rookie, a bit of a punt on yeah. the program maker's part. Dang right, yeah. How do you feel Joy Wilkinson did? Some things she did really well. That's right. I am going to put forward a positive at this point and say that no single companion was singularly underused this week. Yes, I totally agree with you. She found a way to balance it and juggle them all. Yeah, better than we've experienced in possibly any of this era's episodes to date. Apart from maybe Rosa. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Clearly, that is a highly prized skill because one other person, Mallory Blackman, has got close so far. Highly acclaimed, fully established writer, Mallory Blackman. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you want more questions or do you have questions for me? No, keep them coming. All right, here we go. Why doesn't Savage, that's her name, right? Becca Savage. Cannot believe that's her name. Played by Siobhan Finneran. Who was very good, by the way. She was very good. She was bloody spiffing. I was gonna I was gonna surprise you with that, and you've you've gazumped me, sir. Oh, gazumped! <laughs> <laughs> I thought I would surprise you. I can't do it. I'll get there. Yeah, she was great. Really, like, nailed, insane, obsessed, and uh, single-minded, and, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and while we're tangenting like this, the scene where the, oh, fuck, what are they called? Morax? More, more arms. Morax, yeah, the Morax. Um, please ignore my lack of enthusiasm for their name. When they are taking her over... Yeah. In that scene, and she is apologizing to the king, and she's doing a lot of shouting and screaming. She only becomes more effective. I find that, Matt Smith aside, when most people up the volume, they become less credible, but she became more so, like, she became really compelling. And I I really felt like, oh, wow, you are selling this like nobody's business. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Hats off. Witch finder hats off. Stellar acting. Belt buckle hat doffed. Milady. Yeah, what's up with buckles in this time period, by the way? What does everything need a buckle? Buckles in this period are like pleats in the 70s. Like, everything is a buckled. (laughs) 
Well, I, I assume it started at the king's court and the fashion just found its way down. That's that's how... It, I mean, he gets about, clearly, so... Oh, I don't yeah. know. Maybe he had a buckle factory in, in Scotland and brought it south to England. Like This is part of his wealth. It, it's all plausible hypothesis. I'm sure he was left very little wealth. So anyway, Savage. <laughs> yep, Savage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why doesn't Savage tell Jamie, bro, this lady pretended to have a man's job. She's clearly an agent of Satan. Oh, because the psychic paper tells Becca something completely different to what the king says. Exactly. Is a little curious. Is that it? <laughs> I mean, has Becca bought into the king's diagnosis of, oh, your, your brain matter is unstable? Surely she has not, which would suggest that she at this point thinks that Doc and Co. are up to something nefarious. They might even be there as agents who are onto her. Because she's trying to hide her own complicit role in this, right? Maybe, but if she's trying to frame the Doctor to say, she told me something different, I think maybe she's overawed slightly by King James's presence in the room. Monarchy, royalty has Which, entered fair the room. Which, yeah, fair yeah. enough. And with no little flamboyance on his part. Oh, no. She's completely wowed. <laughs> Even his voice, I screw it. I'm not even saying it. Yeah. So, so if King James says this woman is clearly talking out of her ovaries, then she's going to go along with it for a little while. Yep, that is fair. Okay, do you want another question? Yeah. All right, here we go. How does Doc know that the smoke of the not a tree is poisonous to the morons? <laughs> oh my goodness, you've got me slash Joy Wilkinson there. Yeah. Because what I mean. <laughs> Unless she's been able, unless the Sonic has a Google setting, setting G1, then no, absolutely. <laughs> what rubbish. Yeah. How do you feel about the Morags in general? I hate them. Yeah. And agreed. not just because they're war criminals and they deserve it. Yeah. But because they have no place on Earth slash in this episode at all. In fact, w- w- this is the third time in this series that we've had a very nearly historical with a tacked on sci-fi element indeed yes that's a good question a good point even worse offense because but you couldn't subtract the sci-fi from this episode it wouldn't be the same well you could and you'd still have a really interesting story because my point is the time racist had obvious relevance to rosa parks Mm -hmm. and the thejarian ambulance chasers comforting slash terrifying the cosmically significant numbers who died during partition also makes a kind of sense but here these war criminals bear no relation to this persecution of witches no that's very true in fact including the line the arthur c Clarke line of so very difficult to distinguish i'm paraphrasing between advanced technology and magic yeah that would be the perfect suggestion of a plot line that is about alien tech being mistaken for magic. But here it's just like innocent women are being ducked. They're being drowned. Yeah. So why not have the aliens run around and throw some sparkles and that's what's being... that They are the ones being hanged. Or they are... Oh, you know, I see, yeah. So have the actual technology be mistaken for magic. Yeah, so... They've come over here, they spent long enough in their prison, <clears throat> happenstance has brought them out, and... They're now rehabilitated. Yeah, and the doctor's all ready to be like, ah, but yeah, war criminals, the Jadoon, I'm sure they put you in here for a very good reason. But they're reformed, and everybody's piling onto them, and yeah, oh, that's, that's very sticky. Even Doc here gets docked. 
Which, by the way, we should talk about that scene because it's a little redundant. We absolutely will. But, so she also gets ducked. She gets labelled a witch. And when she is all tied up, Jamie comes up to her and is like, I'm not going to give you your... Uh, he's suddenly Russian, by the way. I admit, it is I, King James. The first. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I assume there will be more. He says, yo, yeah, I'm not going to give you your wand, your magic wand, referring to the, the Sonic. Yes. I already have son. <laughs> he also called James. Forward thinking. <laughs> James the second, you see? You understand? It's a pattern. Yes, I'm not like King John. He is his greatest loser. I have other name like my name after me. <laughs> <laughs> But, but what I was going to say was, that is not the reason she's labelled a witch. She's labelled a witch because she happens to stand next to a bunch of mod zombies, not because she has a sonic screwdriver. Mm, well, right? there, is, there is actually more historical resonance here operating than you might think. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, we need to bring in the Pendle Witch Trials of the early 17th century. Okay. Which did happen. Yeah. There were ten women in 1612 who were executed for crimes of witchcraft. Okay. Um, I've done a bit of research on this. Uh, I'll try to keep it brief. There were two women basically in their 80s, heads of rival families. One was known as Old Demdike, and the other was called Old Chattox. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and they lived as mendicants and on their reputation as women who met with the spirits and they had the power to imprecate and to remove curses on people, cows, horses, whatever. Sure. And um, the, someone connected to one of these, like Alison Device, one of Demdike's da- granddaughters was out begging and a guy uh, refused to give her some pins and she put a curse on him and he dropped down dead quite quickly. They think he had a stroke. Right, um, and that was taken to be witchcraft, and she had actually cursed him and so on. Yes, uh, and I mean, so they, what the point is, is that she was the granddaughter of Demdike, like Willa was the granddaughter of Old Mother right. Twisty, yeah. whatever it is, and her testimony was sort of what put them away, and other young girls' testimony as well. Uh, in Wait, in what sense? In the sense that they, they had a proper trial about this, like, th- this all seems like... Oh, how do you meet the superstition with execution? Clearly, there was just mob rule. No, it went to a proper trial, and judges heard it, and there were testimonies and interrogations, cross-examinations, confessions, all of that. Um, And the sort of horrific thing is that it can have such a close resemblance to our modern judicial system and yet have this result. Um, I can't remember exactly what your original question was. Do you well, remember? <laughs> I, I sort of remember, yeah. I mean, th- this is fascinating stuff, by the way. But I don't think it tallies entirely with my point. So what I meant was, we're saying that technology and magic are indistinguishable from one another if you don't know about technology. Oh, we're back at that point. Okay. Right. Doc has a sonic screwdriver, which she whips out a whole bunch of Rooney and cheesecakes. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, the point was, is that... Um... That's not the reason she is labelled a witch. That's my point. She's labelled a witch because she's standing next to bloody zombies, which are, like, for all intents and purposes, mega supernatural to everyone watching. Yeah, but the person who is crucial in this is Willa, the granddaughter. It, it, it comes down to her. The king... And Becca and the Doctor are all looking at her. This is the test of her courage. And she gets scared. And she says, I did think it were weird. 
that they called her the doctor and that's yeah. when she the doctor is found guilty in a summary trial yeah i agree but that's sort of my point she didn't go i did think it were weird that she this is this is a soundbite <laughs> that she pulled out her wand exactly that she had a weird wand that made a weird buzzing noise by the way i know what buzz is and i know what fucking lights are and not like Dude, she, there were bees in 1612 that's true i knew it as i was saying it okay <laughs> so, sorry <laughs> i'm just so pedantic <laughs> and i so rarely get to correct you in person actually i think you'll find that there were but bu- yeah you're right yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> my point is she didn't say i did think it were weird when she whipped out her magic wand and then doc has to go no no it's not it's technology of no one can tell the difference you know what should have happened is the doctor should have been rummaging in her pocket and shouldn't have been able to find the sonic she should have pulled out her fez plopped it on her head and then be like, oh, where is it? Dug it out. Oh, there's the Sonic. Use it. And then Willa could have said, I did think it was weird when she pulled out her wand and she had her silly hat on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, or at the very end, she could accidentally misquote Arthur C. Clarke and go, you know, as Arthur C. Clarke used to say, it's very difficult to distinguish between magic and female medical professionals. And then everyone's <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh, because, <laughs> I get it. Because the doctor can be a woman now and she can operate on her own son. And oh, that's how it works. Oh, right. Boom. Anyway, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like we're both vindicated to some degree. <laughs> <laughs> right, hey, go on, you ping my pong. Do you want to hear some more facts about this ancient witch trial? Drew, do I ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... One Which the, one? Uh, one of the interesting things is that these women, I think, believed that they had powers. Right, so the actual testimony was, yeah, dipshit, I'm a, I'm a witch. Yeah, they... Right. First of all, they were rivals, so they had a sort of professional interest to be like, no, I'm totally witchier than she is. She is a complete fraud. I am the real witchy-ass deal. (laughs) Because otherwise, if they survive this trial, they're not going to have any business anymore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and and they managed to have 16 murders attributed to not just those two. There was a whole other thing where there was supposed to be a witch's Sabbath that convened on Good Friday. Okay. One of the most fascinating facts about this is people believing in these witches. The son-in-law of Demdike, John Device, whose wife Elizabeth was herself executed as a witch in this trial, paid old Chattox a yearly dole of eight pounds of meal to exempt him from her witchcraft. So he's the son-in-law of one witch, and he's scared enough of the other witch to be paying her a shitload of, like, meal. Like, every year, so to it, be like, like don't, don't you put the evil eye on me. Everyone is buying into this. Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say, we've come a long way, but we kind of haven't. But still, <laughs> that is absurd. That wasn't that long ago. It wasn't. It was six very long-lived people ago. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah effectively. That's not a long time ago at all. No. Oof, my loof. All right. Yeah. So I, I made a point. I didn't put it in my rating. I'll say it here. While Doc is right to rail against women being patronized and silenced, there is another layer that this episode almost explores of how women's and girls' voices were commandeered and even volunteered to bring about these awful events. Right. So on yeah. the one hand, they're being silenced. And on the other hand, they are being made to be complicit in each other's downfall. Right, yeah. And I think that's just a a way more interesting thing to be investigating than... This. Than the the Marrocks or the Marrows or the Morons or whatever they're called. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Seuss's The Morax. Yeah. uh, 
Bloody hell, yeah. This is an, you're right. This is another episode that should have been a pure historical. The, mm. the alien edition, it's not... I mean, the, the concept behind it is not bad as such. How so? As in, I'm not talking about execution. I'm not talking about the Morax as they come out as zombies. I'm not talking about the Morax when they suddenly put on a new face mask and they're like uh, speaking with a ridiculous voice and say, hey, we're going to take over everyone. Everyone's going to be a dirty mud person. A ridiculous voice that we have heard before on Doctor Who. At least once, if not too many times. Do you know what it made me think of? It, (laughs) It made me think of the Evil Dead. Oh. I mean, that effect is used in Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, probably Evil Dead 3 as well, aka the medieval dead, The um, <laughs> where it's used deliberately as a cheesy horror. Right. Here it is used as a as such a serious... Yeah. Oh, this is badass. This is cool. Yeah. Even scary. Oh, children, hide behind the sofa. No, the children are... The, if they're pissing themselves. Yeah, with laughter. Like the, 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 <laughs> the, it, it is. It's deplorable. I mean, yeah. Anyway, they but remind, but 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 yeah. Siobhan Finneran still delivers the shit out of it. Yeah, but you know what? What I lose a little bit of respect for her at the end. I mean, uh, only she in, didn't know what was going to be put on her voice in post. No, that's true. That is true. And we also don't know if. The original script was meant to be longer. We have no idea. Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, in, in general, yes, she is good. I agree. But everything in the story from that point on, I think, is a wet bag of dog shit. Oh, absolutely. I made a note to say, first of all, just before this, there's a scene where Willis says, only I know the path up the hill. The secret is keep going higher. Wow. Well, well done, Willis. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're the only person who could, who could ascend an incline. I mean... This is a few hundred years ago. <sighs> Education was hot. <laughs> there are lots of people like just walking around in a circle going, when am I going to get up there? <laughs> One person's just like sitting down next to a tree thinking, I think this is the way. This that was Isaac <laughs> Newton. He was a luminary of their age. <laughs> Willow is actually way ahead of the game here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's dumb shit. Yeah, but, but, but my, sorry, my, my following note was... I've completely checked out. I just don't care. Mm. Because this is some Act 4 nonsense where there shouldn't be an Act 4. It also seems as though that I... I mean, this might be a case of me having forgotten something, but at this point, they've turned full mud person. Like, they have gone 150% mud. Yeah. yeah. And oh, by the way, do you think that old Mother Twiston looks a bit like Michael Gambon when she is super mudded up? <laughs> Because that's... I couldn't stop thinking. Michael Gambon. Michael Gambon. Oh, there's Michael Gambon. I see it now. I see it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Gambon, if you're listening. (laughs) And Trisha Kelly, if you're listening. Super sorry. I'm sure it's just a makeup. (laughs) Trisha Kelly, who played Old Mother Twiston, is a record breaker. Oh, really? Because she's played not one, not two, not three, not four, but five different people on the bill. Five! We've never had five before. Wow. Yeah, well done, Trisha Kelly. Oh, oh yeah, you heard it here first, Podcast Land. That's your Trisha fact for today. <laughs> uh, Morax. Yeah. They are now full mud person. Uh-huh. They're like, dudes, we're here to stay. We're going to take over this entire planet. Screams, does a little pointy, wavy, whatever gesture. Everyone, everyone loses consciousness. Yeah. Am I right in thinking that they then go back to their cell? They ha- they take King Jim up to the top of the hill, and they don't march him down again. But but why? So that they can put their king the oh into him the extremely cheap special effect of mud with a face. 
I mean, oh. I mean, I don't know. Was how... it really that cheap? I don't remember that. I'm, I'm, as in, I remember rubbish. it happening, but I don't remember the visual. I'm, I'm going to scrub to it now. Why do you think the whole scene is set in the dark? Oh, that looks pretty cool. Uh, well, I mean, actually, wait, hang on. I, I'm only seeing a tentacle. Or does it have a face? There are two times where it has a face. One is where King James says, Satan raises. Oh, I'm looking goes. at it now. What? That looks freaking badass, dude. What? It's just two voids for eyes and a bigger void for a mouth. How difficult is that? I, I don't know, man. I it, it, that, that looks pretty badass to I'm me. I'm super underwhelmed. Oh, okay, yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, when Doc fixes the lock somehow by just dropping her sonic bit of not wood in it. Yeah, that's bullshit. Complete bullshit. That's utter Although bullshit. The, the fact that it is, she says it's not wood and the sonic doesn't work on wood. Double negative doesn't make a positive, <laughs> but it does at least exonerate her from a, a fallacy. I think the ending is utter wank. Yeah. And I don't... Not understand. even a good wank. And a I wank don't... you regret. I regret very few wanks. But the... the <laughs> it's like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's good. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> Why... It's not Domino's <laughs> wank. I wouldn't count that as pizza. The... <laughs> when... <laughs> Why do they go up to the... I understand they want to put their king inside Jamie. I get that. I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> what a chance. But, but why? Why do it up there? Why take everyone there? Why leave everyone alive down on the bottom of the hill? Yeah, why? When, when you've clearly just demonstrated the power to kill Alfonso, do you not then Why just... not kill... Yeah. Yeah. Do, does does she kill Alfonso with the same kind of gesture? Exactly the same gesture. So yes. kill everyone with uh-huh. the same gesture, or here's another solution: hold them down, pin them down, and fill them with mud, yep. because that's eventually what their plan is, right? Yep. Just do that. Yep. Get started early. Yeah. Don't leave it, it all to the last minute. It is dumb. You've had millions of years to think about this, Maddox, or whatever your name is. Yeah. <sighs> Maddox. You know what? The Morax. They yes. reminded me of another alien we've had on New Who, namely the Waters of Mars. Oh, right. In the sense that there, there are humans, they're filled with some kind of gross fluid that is alien in nature, and it takes over their psyche. Oh, and they have the, the possessed humans have the same sort of slack-jawed, blank-eyed expression. There's that as well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it seemed derivative in quite a lot of ways. It reminded me a bit of um, Cold War, weirdly. Oh, in, what, the, the Ice Warrior episode? Yeah, and that the Ice Warrior was sort of just thrown to Earth and imprisoned there, or entombed there, let's say, for thousands of years, and okay. then came out and the whole planet was in peril. Um, except he had a kind of reason to be there. Why on Earth, no, literally, <laughs> if you have these war criminals, do you pick a planet and just bury them under a geological feature, which will surely erode, and uh, consider that to be the end of the problem. Yeah, why indeed? Yeah. Yeah. It's not a failed invasion. It's a, well, you didn't manage to maintain power here, so we're going to put you on a different planet and see how that goes. So we've had another demonic story on Doctor... We've probably had several, actually, but there's one that I can think of that we've reviewed on Who Back When, and that was the Daemons in Classic Who Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. with Pertwee. Strength, Uh, power, decision! <laughs> well done. Have you seen it? Dude, I watched that because of, Oh, you know why. Is it because of the master? Oh. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. Yes. We're going to finish strange readings any year now. Any year now. <laughs> <laughs> We've nearly cast Yaz. <laughs> <laughs> 
I got a, I'll think about it today, <laughs> from a potential actor, so we'll see. Um, and that's just, like, number three billing, so, <laughs> so we're going to be good. Yeah, anyway, in that one, since you've seen it, we also have Doc being tied up somewhere to be burned at the stake in that case. Mm. With a lot more tension, I feel, even though it's a really camp classic Who serial. <laughs> uh, we've got demons there who are redonkulous. We've got the actual daemon, and we have, I can't remember his name now, but you know the gargoyle who's alive, who's constantly got his tongue sticking out, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. wearing spandex. <laughs> Good times. Chap of the Wings, uh, three rounds rapid. That guy. Um, <laughs> I take those characters more seriously than I do the Morax or the Mud Tentacle thingy. Yeah. It starts with Mother Twisty's retinue because the whole trope of one of them is doing something and the others are just lurching around zombie-like immediately leads you to question why unless you've seen it in Doctor Who before and then you realise there's no point in asking why because no answer will ever be provided. They're just extras without lines. But that's a very good point. Is their plan to make everyone just a mud zombie or do they actually plan to, when everyone's been modified, do they then go... Well, we're going to open up a museum over here, and um, Beth, she's going to run a coffee shop, and <laughs> uh, Liz is really into, um, I don't know, investment banking. <laughs> yes, yes, and 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 Jemima, she's going to take care of anybody who has PTSD. She's here to listen. Yeah. You want to talk? She has ears. Fred yeah. over there, that's the guy caked in mud, he has PTSD, he's thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> What is their end game? Okay, another question, more X question for you. Mm-hmm. Before we get to see the first zombie, yep. we get to see one of the little mud tentacles, which... A tendril. <laughs> yes. Is that the prison trying to get something back, or is that the Morax? Like, some member of the I Morax trying to... I think it's the Morax, because the first tendril in flashback appeared when Becca was chopping down the tree. Right, and infects her, basically. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, why doesn't that happen? Why don't oh, they why play... Why they all loose already? Because the lock is broken, so get on with it. Yeah. I mean, we already have a tendril in the forest, why so clearly it... it's out. Yeah, why and... is the king stuck in there? Yeah, why aren't we playing an elaborate game of the... the the ground is lava like it's the ground is mud yeah and you cannot touch the ground because it will inevitably turn into a tendril that tries to infect you with zombie plague Mm. yeah we just forget about this yeah yeah okay all right uh what else have we got does the (laughs) let's talk about king james because we've been doing enough impressions of him. Yeah. Let's give him his own segment. So King James was the, the part of this story that I was wondering if you liked. I sort of did. Oh. I thought that Alan Cumming was very watchable. Yes. He was clearly having a great time. Oh my goodness, wasn't he ever? Alan Cumming is always living his best life. <laughs> yeah. Apart from in The Son of the Mask, but don't watch that. Have no intention of watching it. Good, you are correct. Is he The Son of the Mask? I think he sort Wait, of takes no. on the Jim Carrey role, doesn't oh, he? Oh, does he? I was going to well, say... Or is like Loki or something. Isn't... Well, Loki is the... It's the, yeah, ma- know, the Mask but... is Loki. Isn't, isn't the person who is not Jim Carrey... Isn't that, uh, what's his name? He he plays the film nerd in Scream. Isn't that the guy? I've only seen the poster for this film. Okay, we're both scrambling to yeah. Google this. Uh, I don't uh, want. I would don't want to traduce Alan Cumming unfairly. Son of the Mask, two thousand and five on IMDb, yep. heading there right now. Oh, he's in it, all right. Jamie Kennedy, boom! I knew it. And Jamie Kennedy is the nerd from Scream, and Alan Cumming does indeed play Loki. Randy Meeks. Yeah, a mistake for all concerned. Anyway. <laughs> 
Right, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I did like him, and he was in a lot of the best scenes. Yep. But part of me was like, what the frick are you doing, King oh. of England? Like, you have Alfonso, and you have a couple of identikit Alfonso clones. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not a retinue. Like, when at the beginning, when he appears and he says, it was in disguise, and mm. carries on like that for a while. I had to travel incognito. Yes. Yeah. Because I like the drama. <laughs> That was very fun. And when he talks one-on-one with Doctor later on, great. And when he is with Ryan? <laughs> also great. That's fantastic television, I but think. But the rest of the time... Ugh. So is that because it is historically inaccurate and unrealistic? Is, is that what you're getting at? Because that I would agree with you on that, but I don't see it as a negative necessarily. I mean, I look at Princess Jasmine. She went out incognito, so clearly royals... <laughs> From time to time, feel the need to... Prince and the Pauper, another example. Sure. To taste, you know, the fruits of their kingdom or whatever. Sure. Okay, <laughs> great. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's not that the but king... But like actual monarchs <laughs> in, in the land of BBC. Yeah. This, this especially paranoid monarch yeah. who is obsessed with his own safety and survival. Yeah. What is he doing out there amongst the rippling mud? Yeah. That I agree with you. That's nonsense. Here's the way, the, the lens through which I watch this. Have you seen League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I have. It's, I'd like it way more than I should. Uh, same. You're my friend who agrees with me. <laughs> I freaking love that film. I haven't read the graphic novel. Actually, I would, or novels. I would quite like to read them. But the film, it gets a really bum rap. It's a freaking great adventure film. It's amazing. Okay. If they were making that now, they would be saying, hmm, this is one of the better connected universe bollocks films. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I know Mina Harker isn't a crime fighting uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. I know Dorian Gray isn't de facto a Highlander because his portrait allows him to get shot without <laughs> being harmed. I get it, okay, but it's freaking great. And in this case, I go, I know that's not James the First, <laughs> but if King James the First is gonna be some sort of weird character who just jumps in as uh, not quite Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes, but with way too much cocaine, then yeah, this is it. Alan Cumming just nailed it. I guess where I'm coming from, and I admit that you want to have as much fun with your historical characters as sensible license will permit, mm-hmm. but I'm seeing it as basically this series version of the girl who died it's the same sort of ye olde village setting northern europe whatever we haven't really moved on particularly much since the viking times or whatever that society was bounded by like here come our warlords back and they're as high up as it goes this is the king of freaking england yeah like he is way up the hierarchy imagine what's happening at the court right now by the way (laughs) i don't need to see him in the court wearing a crown surrounded by fawning courtiers and sycophants necessarily but it was so out of context that i began to question his kingly nature (laughs) back at the court (laughs) 
back at the court, the door to the royal bedroom is locked, and yeah. there's a little sign outside, like hanging on the like James the First is <laughs> hanged on his on the door handle that just says like "Do not disturb. I'm sleeping in late" or something. Uh, but the handle on the inside is tied to a string, and that string is connected to the big toe of a bard. And every time that someone on the outside tries to open the door, <laughs> the bard is like roused <laughs> and goes in his best impression, doing his best impression of James the First, going, "I'm sleeping. Come back later." <laughs> Five more minutes. <laughs> Everyone leaves, and then the bard is left to just like cry himself to sleep in a sitting in the his bard, own. The literal bard. <laughs> Why did William Shakespeare bard. not write any plays after 1608? Because he was this stuck in it. James's bedroom the yeah, whole time. He couldn't get out. <laughs> <laughs> One bad play. He didn't like Henry VIII, and that was it. <laughs> okay, back to James I in this episode. Yeah. Loved his interplay with Ryan. And I thought it was a really good way of getting Ryan to be, to just interact with a main character and to be out there and to do some cool stuff. And on yeah, a few occasions, yeah. by the way, like, Ryan is really brave. He he basically jumps into the fray and shouts to Jamie, like, uh, King, go, go back to safety or something. Yeah. It's like really brave. Very, yeah, fantastic impetus to add a little bit more companion time there. Yeah, and I also liked that for all the adults watching the episode, you could see that in everything but explicit words, James was saying, stick your Nubian schlong up a kingly kirlon, right? Yes. <laughs> Pepper, how fascinating. We should talk more in my boudoir, no shirts allowed. Yes. <laughs> you can hold on to my spare pricker. <laughs> we'll have some fun with this. <laughs> and, and the kids won't have... They will all. have no clue. Yeah, and they'll watch it back later, and they'll be like, "I'm glad I rewatched this thanks to Who Back When." Well done, <laughs> thank you, Who Back When. <laughs> and kids, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in school. Don't take drugs. <laughs> no, no, do. Uh, <laughs> uh, but only the good stuff. Uh, we get <laughs> Graham gets some good time as well, as in like airtime. He gets to uh, yeah. this, this, like showcase his expertise as an expert in witch trials. <laughs> He knows everything about how to interrogate the employees of a bus depot and also witch trials. I wrote that Graham has loads of good lines. Like, every time Graham appeared on screen in this episode, I, like Pavlov's dog, started salivating, anticipating the next treat to be delivered. <laughs> when, when the doc's all like, oh, women in this century have a lot to put up with, and Graham's like, well, to be fair to King James, you are snooping. Nice! Yeah, yeah, that is some solid writing. <laughs> Oh, well done, Joy Wilkinson. And also, well done, Graham. <laughs> Solid acting. Yeah. Ah. Good stuff. What about Yaz? I mean, she does have a lot of questions in a row. Yeah, and a lot of regurgitating of things we already knew, already heard. Oh, one of those things, and this is what we've talked about in Chibber's Coordinate Your Solo Writer Episodes Better, is... When the Doctor has to say, right, now, when we go back in history, no fucking around with the timeline, <laughs> which in Rosa and Demons of the Punjab, those episodes were all about that. And Demons yeah. of the Punjab was all about how the Doctor and Yaz just freely made merry with past events. Yeah, certainly. And they had to go through it all again here. So instead of Yaz saying, 
like, like with Rosa or Ryan pipe, piping up oh and, and like with Yaz's nanny then the, it's just yeah like is this the first episode everybody's watching or they're in no show some development maybe they are okay well first off all these episodes are written by we've said this before but they're written by different people at the same time no one has any flipping idea what else is happening in the universe at this point yeah, except the showrunner whose job it is yeah but we've already discounted the showrunner as running the show then right sorry uh sorry chibbers come on the show uh talk to us i would love to talk to chippers by the way that'd be amazing i would first prostrate myself and then i would just <laughs> prostrate yourself. <laughs> then i think a frank conversation would ensue it'd be great yeah it would be the end of my career but it would be great <laughs> i don't know it could be a major world exclusive he probably once the centenary episode goes out he probably has a lot to get off his chest oh my goodness to unburden himself i of. i can imagine so and chippers, this is we are here for you yeah we're willing to hear your side of the story I made one one note actually, and that was Doc goes from what Becca said. That's savage. From what Becca said, I'm guessing the Morax uh, are royals with soldiers. That's we we have no idea why they would be royals with soldiers, but fine. Oh, that's some weak attempt to tie it in with King James, king james is right here yeah. yeah but like from what she oh, said we oh think... because we're gonna fill your king with our king that's where it's from oh yeah but maybe they have their own mod version of elvis so then <laughs> doc continues pretty brutal brutal ones at that presumably exiled for war crimes why you're really editorializing now doc by yeah, the and, way like and buried way on down by the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice scramble down into their primal form wait it I, I don't understand how that works. So if you put me in a blender, do I turn into a cave person? Like, th- this this makes no sense. And then what? Like, can if you drink me, do you turn into me? That's not how mm. it works. Anyway. Just yeah. because we're locked up with a wooden heart? Yasmin contain- it continues. I've, I've just copy-pasted this one added line from the transcript. <laughs> Trapped inside this jailhouse rock? Sorry, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> oh, nice. Very nice. <laughs> now, Yasmin says, and they stay imprisoned until Becca Savage goes at that tree. And it's like, yeah, that's literally what the Morax just said. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's not what we were talking about before, but re- that was my only... <laughs> well, it's a recurring theme. Yeah. It's the one thing that Chibber seems to have managed to infect every single script with. Yeah. He just seems to have done a Yaz pass. Like... <laughs> Like, is she asking enough questions? Oh, shit. Is she repeating enough information? We haven't written a part for Yaz. Okay, whatever anyone said, just paraphrase it, but with a, put a question mark at the end of it and add Yaz colon ahead of it. Done. Oh, well done. You just wrote Yaz. Yeah. Uh, okay, right. Question for you. Yes. How clean is that apple? Oh, the, the Dr. Bob's for? Yeah. Um, well... <laughs> I mean, she's got a pretty powerful immune system, right? That's, I mean, she must. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 she's not on the clinically extremely vulnerable list for COVID. She's, she's good to go. But if you... Okay, I should have phrased this in the form of a question. I should have jeopardied this. Not jeopardized, jeopardied this. Okay. If you were to go back in time and you came across a funfair, uh, maybe celebrating an upcoming ducking, would you wrap your lips around an apple? Well, I mean, these apples are in water. They're being washed. There are no cleaner apples to be found up and down the land. <laughs> nice. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's my apple question. Um, <laughs> 
I found that opening scene was a bit weird in that they s- you open on a shot of joyful children running away. Yeah. Which Joy Wilkinson is such an obvious self-name drop. How could you? And... <laughs> They're all jolly, and it's a carnival atmosphere, and yet already, from second one, you can see that it's the same grey, washed-out, ye olde, colour-grading palette that they used on all these things, apart from Robot Sherwood. And I just... Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. I just... Why? Why Dude, that's what the world looked like at the time. Have you been there? (laughs) No. By which I mean, have you been then? No, you haven't. So... (laughs) But there was a lot of blue sky in the episode. It True. could have been quite bright, but it was it was also very much like what's the Scottish one? The Scottish one where they have the, I was, with the shit music where they go into the. Yeah. I, was, I was just thinking about that. I was just thinking because there are some clear parallels. Yeah. Um. It's it's called bad soundtrack. It's called. <laughs> Uh, use another clip already. It's called... Uh, hang on, hang Memorable on. episode title. It's called... Placeholder... <laughs> uh, don't worry, I'll fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> it's called The Eaters of Light. That's the one. If all the light's been eaten, then I can get why that would be a bit gloomy. But here, no such excuse. Yeah. It's it's an obvious choice, is all I'm saying. Yeah, but it's all, it has to be muddy. Like, mud is a central thing. Mud is dirty, as in someone who is muddy is dirty. The whole episode is dirty the lens is dirty that everything has been desaturated just makes me think of mud uh see i think of as opposed to clean healthy soil you know yeah but what's the difference mud and soil are both the same rich ecosystem they're both very under-researched and misunderstood yeah but and you know a compost heap eventually uh, turns into a lovely meadow but i mean you don't focus in with romantic music on a badger shit uh, on the top of it well maybe it's time something changed damn it <laughs> i mean how well has the world done adhering to the same old strictures uh, that's a fair point i'm saying that this desaturation has brought us to our present pass mm-hmm. mm. it's definitely a factor it's a butterfly flapping its muddy dull wings <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay i mean point taken yeah <laughs> maybe i'm overstating it just very slightly Okay, you were bothered by the endless repetition of this particular color tone or color grading. Yeah, yeah. I was bothered by the endless uh, recurrence of the bloody Venetian mask to denote something in <laughs> mysterious ye olde times. Yeah, we're not in Venice. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, well, the Venetian ambassador could have visited the court the previous week. That, that's true. Been completely insufferable. King James says, Oh, I just remembered a prior engagement. Just to get away from him because he won't stop talking. Yeah. Look around this crowd of people. Oh, you've got Bob. You've got a whole bunch of people covered in dirt. You've got a dude in a weird Venetian mask. You've got someone else. <laughs> I, someone here stands out. I don't know who it might be. Might be the dude in a fucking Venetian mask. Or maybe yeah. he's the devil in disguise. I'm just going to do Elvis to the rest of the... Just do it. Just do it. (laughs) I mean, that's what James thinks everyone around him is. The devil in disguise. (gasps) This is full of Elvis references. Do you feel that the doc is a fool to rush in at the very start of the episode? Mm, I mean, I get Fools rush in, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's (laughs) It's my only Elvis reference here, okay? You're only getting one. Quickly googling Elvis uh, song titles. <laughs> yeah, ah, King James did have quite a suspicious mind. Didn't oh, he? nice, <laughs> very nice. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, a- absolutely. Oh, totally in keeping with the character, obviously. Yeah. I liked, actually, that most of the village were sort of saying, Doctor Witch, we bought into this nonsense. Proper Lancashire common sense. We read Daily Mail. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's now or never. Don't be cruel. Just uh, get on with it. Uh, <laughs> return her to sender. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I believe her name's Melody. Chain her now. Unchain her later. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so bad. So, no. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I've absolutely Googled Elvis songless. <laughs> the fact that she had to run into the lake is like it's so incredibly blatant and... It's it's too dramatic. It's so dramatic. It does sort of undercut what is an iconic scene later on when the Doctor is ducked. Yeah, that scene should stand alone and be like, oh shit, they're using the gender card to play with this. That's fantastic. Yeah. And so to have her come so close to it right at the beginning, it sort of lessens the shock factor. It does. Actually, it, uh, full disclosure, I was working my way up to a, just build a bridge over troubled water and you'll figure this out much more Oh, diplomatic. he covered that, did But, <laughs> but, but in, in, here's the thing. I think it not just, I didn't realize this at first. I think this episode doesn't just end too abruptly. I think it starts too abruptly. I think it should have slowly but surely worked its way up to that point. Yeah. The, the, the woman dies. The grandmother dies. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, so you don't she have can't to... hold her breath? Because she's not in there very long. Maybe they cut a bit out, as they are wont to. Yeah! But, but the way they uh... presented it, it's just like, oh, bloody hell, this lake is wetter than I thought. Well, oh, I'm dead. Oh. Maybe she was allergic to water. Maybe maybe it was... Maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe she inhaled at exactly the wrong time. Who knows? I mean, drowning must be a horrible way to die. And they, yeah, yeah. Regardless. You were much safer with beer back in those days. <laughs> yeah. Or apples. If she were an apple, she would have been fine. Yeah. The, the... Except the doctor would have immediately put her in her mouth. <laughs> Without further question. That's why the doctor ran into the, <laughs> to the lake. Okay. She was the apple of her eye. <laughs> Here's my point. She dies anyway, right? Mm -hmm. She dies anyway. So you don't need Doc trying and failing to save her. You can have Doc doing what she said in the very beginning that she should be doing, i.e. not messing with the fabric of time. Yeah, and feeling the tragedy therein. Exactly. So you start with a scene that almost has the same kind of dramatic resonance as the ending of Rosa because you're seeing an injustice on yep. screen. Yep, yep, yep. And then afterwards, because that is so difficult to contain, that's why she whips out the card. Or maybe, maybe someone actually just like points at them and goes, why are they wearing weird clothes? They don't look like they're from around here. They must be witches. And that prompts her to pull out the psychic paper and boom, now she's thrust into history, forced to tamper with the fabric of time, rather than just like, oh, fuck that thing I just said. Who cares about scripts or whatever, continuity? Um, I'm launching myself into this into this lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it st- my, my point is it starts way too abruptly. It shouldn't have done that. That is absolute utter bullshit. Yeah, it does start at breakneck speed. Yeah. So yeah. it starts at bullshit, ends at dog shit, but in between, gold. <laughs> I, I would have liked her to brandish the psychic paper uh-huh. at the unwashed masses. None of them can read, but they all start sniggering. And it turns out that she's like a woodcut artist and there's just a crude cock and balls on it. And they're like, <laughs> she's, she's one of them humorists. <laughs> nice. She becomes the toast of the town. 
the village fate, whatever. Uh, I did like yeah. the nice touch of the ducking stool being made from the prison tree. Yeah. I thought that was a nice sort of circularity. I totally agree with you. Yeah, that is a, it, and it looked pretty cool. It looked like a creepy. It, it, it almost cre- a hand. Yeah, exactly. It w- it was cupping of the person. Yeah. Oof, maloof. Yeah, no, that w- it was pretty good. And uh, you know, I I've been quite sort of down on on the episode so far but i've written in on my notes this is a nice scene another good scene great scene between doc and king james can we talk about that for a minute yeah please where the doc is just psychoanalyzing him down to his marrow and he is genuinely shaken and at that moment you see alan cumming being a great actor and he's like who are you what what <laughs> hell can you know all this stuff about me is this the scene where she's tied uh, tied up and yeah oh right, you yeah. know how to tie her up in this battle world <laughs> yes it comes in very handy in my boudoir Yes, you today, man, you've been prince tonight. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, you know me, I love a one-on-one matching of wits and intellectual prowess. And, As do I. Yeah, and taking yeah. chunks out of each other. And Joy Wilkinson let James get a little bit of a jab in that they sometimes do with the doctor, like, ah, you're hiding behind your name. But the doctor's like, heard it all before. Bow! Your <laughs> mum killed your dad. Deal with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, A, low blow. B, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but but also, there were parts of this, okay, that while we are dealing with a more primitive interpretation of the good book, let's say, there is reasoning here that I can, if not empathise with, completely understand. Like, when she says, and this might sound horrific to some people, when Becca says the line, together we shall save the souls of my people from Satan, even if it means killing them all. That is supposed to be, like, completely fucking beyond the pale. And I'm like, I see where you're coming from in a really weird, distant, far-off kind of fucked up way. Oh, really? Holy smokes, dude. I don't. I, I mean, to me, it's like, that is massively insane i'm not saying i agree with her <laughs> methods i'm saying that as, as you know a soul to this person in this context is paramount their eternal destiny yeah makes their life on earth absolutely nothing in comparison sure so in that sense alone i'm like that rings true sure yeah 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 uh i, I get where you're coming from yeah, yeah. And so I, I guess i'm just saying that that's good writing and similarly i i like king james being as historically situated as he was and the doctor talking about his struggle with the darkness and he denies that he has any of it and she's like no you blatantly do and it's informing your entire personality now and she explains to him why and he manages to take it on board and he wrestles with it in a believable way as well like he can almost make the mental the cognitive the spiritual leap forward but he's just dragged back because this is one conversation and although it's a bit disheartening that it's the doctor's third week in a row where she's talking to a dickhead and he won't listen (laughs) ends up making no difference ends up history playing out the way it would have if she just kept her mouth shut anyway i still enjoyed the interchange same i have absolutely no disagreement to voice with anything that you just said i wonder if the wow this is actually the third time in a row that we have exactly this scenario i wonder if that is also down to lots of different people writing different scripts at the same time and for some reason there is no oversight and no means actually wait i say no means but i don't really 
really remember what happens in the next episode. I was going to say, there's no means of going, well, let's just put the next episode here and create a little bit of distance between very similar situations and maybe add a little bit more diversity to the verbal outpourings of the Doctor. Let's let's have different kinds of interactions. Well, you talking about episode sequencing in that way. Yeah. Leaves- there's no real continuity, so why no. th- there's no reason why this should happen after Punjab, for example. Put it ahead of Punjab. Put yeah. it anywhere. Put it ahead of, what's it called, Spiders in Sheffield? Like, put it, put it yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Ha- put Arachnids it before. in the UK. I mean, I, mean so. I know that you want an early hit, so put Rosa near the beginning. Yeah. But Yes, of course. Yeah. But here, they've clearly not learnt the lessons of Rosa, so it could go before then. And my problem with this is that it falls after Kablam, and before it takes you away, and before Batter of Ranscore have bollocks, and... <laughs> <laughs> they are four profoundly grim episodes in a row. Yeah. And it's just a massive downer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't usually do this. And I want to enjoy the show more than I'm enjoying it. So I did sort of enjoy this episode in isolation, but I can't quite take it in isolation because the prevailing mood is so overbearing. Yeah, I think I know exactly how you feel. It's exactly how I feel. (laughs) Yeah, But that is not to take away from my note that I wrote, which I said, this is a speech worthy of any Doctor. Because I was writing, this is a speech worthy of the Doctor, the 13th Doctor. And I was like, no, all the actors would have fun acting this out against King James. Yeah. I thought that this was a moment of real quality. I agree. I've got a piece of Bible trivia. Well, I would expect nothing less. Uh, Mm. Let's hear it. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live is Exodus 22.18. Oh. Now, this episode makes it sort of sound like, oh, but that's just the King James translation. I'm sure things are different now. But in modern versions, witch has just been changed to female sorcerer or sorceress. So has all the same connotations, just a bit less pointy-hattedly. Yeah. Is, is sorceress or sorcerer, is that a good person? Which is a negative person, right? Like, a, yeah, which yeah, is an is, evil individual? Yeah, this is someone who is doing exactly what witches in ancient times and the 17th century were claiming to do. I'll put a curse on someone if you'll just give me some gruel. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll cast the evil eye on them. I will commune with the spirits of or Satan. Or eight pounds of meal. Yeah. Yeah. You don't ask for much. Just eight pounds a year. I mean, in a week, that's barely a couple of ounces. Yeah. That's basically a Weetabix every Saturday. (laughs) Very reasonable. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, genuine Bible quote. Cool. Uh, Rat. That's your ping. Here's my pong. Um, That's not what Oniswaki Malipons means. Right, I was thinking it was a little, yeah, maybe uh, liberal with the translation. Yeah, it's like a very, it's a translation that conveniently fits with this episode's plot. <laughs> they, oh, wow, okay. They translate it as, evil be to him that evil thinks. Yes. That's, I've copied that from the transcript. But it's not that evil thinks, it's that thinks evil of it. And it is the crown or the the garter, the order of the garter. Oh, I see. It's not, if you're a bad person, then something horrible is going to befall you. It's, if you think even once of treason, then we are chopping off your nuts. That's what it is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Very different. (laughs) Nice. Well, I'm I'm obviously being slightly liberal in my interpretation of that. But either way, not what it means. Mm. And in this country, kind of important. So, yeah. Ping. (laughs) <laughs> there was the line if people are good they have nothing to fear and it just put me in mind of 
arguments for ID cards and voter registration and making your internet history public or whatever. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's the sort of argument that is still bandied around today, but in very different circumstances. (laughs) But connected to moralism and people, you know, sticking their nose in your private life and and dominating you. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. And the last thing was just a name check this week. Harry Houdini. Oh, nice. Nice, nice, nice. But it actually had more relevance to getting out of the chains. So, sure. That is true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had one more as well. I have another Pong. And that is, that's a line. It made me chuckle. And it was the Ezekiel Tarantino. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right at the end. And it, it absolutely made me chuckle. Well done, Graham. Uh, Thank you for that. Ah, Graham. And Graham, he's not saying it in a threatening way, but it's just so great to hear him say the line. He's he's such a good actor, man. Unexpectedly so. Yeah. Yeah. He's having fun with it. Absolutely. He's the the perfect Graham, is what I can say at this point. If you've written this guy, who could play him better than Bradley Walsh? Yeah, in the Marvel What If version of this episode, (laughs) where what's his chops who plays Ryan? Toast and Cole. Plays Graham. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to have Samuel L. Jackson play Graham. That would, deliver. Be, that would be incredible. That exact same line. That would be fantastic. Hey, dude. Yeah? Dude. Yeah. How about we try to read this? Oh, let's. <laughs> and now it is time to read this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong. Hey, la, 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 Ratings. Podcast land, you know what? I have no shame. I'll go right ahead and say this. I was sure that Drew and I off the record had agreed that he was going to start this section, but nope. (laughs) (laughs) He bamboozled me with the uh, old uh, fingertip on tip of nose game. Uh, Didn't even know we were playing, bro. And uh, apparently I'm going first. FYI. I've prepared nothing. He has prepared everything. So actually, this is exactly the way to go. Let's end (laughs) on something good. I mean, for reference, just like rewind roughly an hour and 15 minutes and re-listen to this episode. I've said a whole bunch of good stuff. Biased, obviously, but still. I'm, uh, you know what? This, this is the worst mini review ever, ever delivered. In general, I'm not averse to rewatching it at this point. And that is more than I can say for most Whitaker episodes. And as such, I'm inclined to be rather generous. I think if it weren't for the ending, I'm, I'm willing to overlook the fact that this is needlessly sci-fi. And if it weren't for the ending, I would probably say this could be somewhere in the very high threes. Oh, wow. But because of the ending, <laughs> I'm taking this down. A teeny tiny bit. To Chinatown. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I'm giving this a... I really wish I'd prepared something. I wish, I, you know what? I wish I'd prepared something two weeks ago <laughs> yeah. that I could just read now and not even know why I prepared it. I'm giving this, off the top of my noggin, 3.4. Nice. Yeah, there you go. Well, let me tell you that even if you have prepared three and a half thousand words of notes and research, that may not have left you any closer to a final rating, for I do not have one. Because this episode, you've just mixed this bag yet further, throwing cocaine willy-nilly into my flower. I don't know where to go from here. That We've already said a lot of the good things. Kim, King James is better than I remember. He is more than just a stupid, silly voice. He's been given some complexity, which may even hint at his true psychology on this matter of witchcraft in history. Great. I said that I liked Siobhan Finneran quite a lot. 
listen back to previous episodes in this series to hear just how many guest cast members I have completely rejected. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, she does really well, even if Abby called her as the villain from minute one because of her role in Downton Abbey as <gasps> the woman who schemed with the butler and made Lady Downton have a miscarriage. Oh, my God. Yeah, spoilers. No. Yeah, serious. <laughs> Even Willa has an arc. She vows at the end to be a healer and a doctor. Nice. That is a nice touch. I'd totally forgotten about that. Yeah. (laughs) And I also like the explanation of how Bilehurst Crag was wiped off the map by royal decree. (laughs) I buy it. He, yeah. he is the one authority figure who could absolutely be like, this inhabitation was never populated. <laughs> but, Leon, you just said this. Doctor Who, have the courage of your convictions. If you are mounting a historical setting, please use the following principle. If you are replacing juicy real-life complexity with alien material that is duller in tooth and claw, just can the science fiction altogether. I get that streamlining of a story is inevitable. There's no time to explore all the perspectives and context. But... In Rosie, you had the real human racism. In Demons of the Punjab, it was nationalism. And here, it's just some random alien parasite masking the much more interesting royal mummy issues and religious fervour. And I also alluded to the fact that we're in the middle of a big sad run of bleak episodes for miserable children. Last week, it was terrorism. This week, it's bullying and 17th century depression. Next week, grief returns. And then it's Tim Shaw. I mean, come on, chibbers. Give us something to smile about. And yet, there was so much to like. The quality of the writing really did shine through at various points. So, Leon, you are not far off. (gasps) Uh Uh-huh. So, after all that, I'm going to give it a (laughs) 3.1. Yeah. The retro rewrites that we discussed a long time ago now, I think. (laughs) About an hour ago. Yeah. (laughs) Superior. They would have brought it up to a four point something for me. <laughs> I'm very biased, but yeah. <laughs> but no, 3.1, that's solid. That's a very good mini. Yeah, good, good stuff. Well, Drew, how would you feel about uh, hearing what Podcast Land has to say about this episode? Oh, I would welcome it, as long as none of the reviews have been written by Satan. <laughs> Now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. Bing Bong, Shazamatron, and Kablamo Cakes Podcast Land. Welcome to the listener mini section of this podcast episode. We've received not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, but maybe six. I don't know. I've forgotten. Listener minis for this episode. It was six, right? No, that's seven. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> And we are going to, we're going to blitz through them because it's quite late and we've recorded an hour and a half already. So first out the gate, we've got G.P. Haynes. G.P. Haynes. <laughs> oh, so G, you said P. G. Haynes. This isn't working. <laughs> Not my fault. <laughs> G.P. I tried. Okay. G.P. says, hey guys. Hey, G.P. Here's my mini review for the Witchfinders. Our intrepid travelers find themselves in the 17th century England witchfinding period. We have two great guest stars. The first, Siobhan Finneran, playing the resident witch hunter rather obnoxiously, which I feel is her speciality. But the wonderful Alan Cumming stars, playing the uh, implied, quote, a queer King James, something not totally historically inaccurate. His performance is simply outstanding. I want to be entertained. Tick. <laughs> nice. 
The regular cast have plenty to do with various subplots providing them with some action and dialogue. GP continues, Jodie gives a reasonable performance here. Her bravery jumping into the river at the start was actually quite touching. Ooh. As your friend who disagrees with you. But for GP, the ending was just a little too neatly and quickly wrapped up. Ah, here comes the agreement, which somehow <laughs> kind of spoiled the build-up. It was entertaining enough, but after a few strong episodes, in GP's opinion, this was somewhat disappointing with the aliens quite weak and not entirely creepy compared to what we've seen this season. All in all, GP rates this as solidly average. <gasps> 2.5 not really threatening muddy tendrils. <laughs> <laughs> solid rating uh, system. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much, JP. Who's next? Why, next up, it's Daniel McGinley. Daniel. Daniel McGinley. Daniel McGinley. Daniel McGinley. That is the first time we've done that in sync. In person. In person. Yeah. That's what it took. Yeah, screw you, Zencaster. Hello, Daniel. Daniel McGinn's. <laughs> Did you know that women weren't treated as equal to men in the olden days? You will do after watching this A-level drama play. Oh, savage but fair. <laughs> Some thoughts, says Daniel. Do not interfere with the fabric of history, says the doc. Drew, n- Drew back n- when. Drew back when, yeah, I just got it. Nice. Was right when responding to this particular bugbear in a previous review. Here's your friend who agrees with you. Just let it go. It's not worth getting bothered about, but it should be for a show about time travel. I'll say it anyway. Consistency, please. Nice point. Alan Cumming is a brilliant character actor with great facials. Uh And gives (laughs) a strong performance. He does smarmy so well. The accent is over the place, however. Correct me if I'm wrong, continues Daniel McGinley, but it appears Yaz actually has something to do and shows some signs of having some character. Maybe it's just that the writer remembered to give her some proper dialogue and a bit of agency. We probably didn't give her enough credit in our review, but yes, a good point, Daniel. Funny the difference that makes, says Daniel. Bravo. Daniel continues, considering the content, did you know that women weren't treated as equal to men in the olden days? The moralizing lecture count was surprisingly low at just two. That's a season total of 18. It's a solid number. <laughs> yeah. Graham in the hat equals excellent. Nice. Yeah, fully agree. Yep. And the Doctor talked a lot. I mean, a lot. This might as well have been an audio adventure. <laughs> That's saying something in this exposition-filled series. To quote Graham from last week, you're just making sounds now. So to a rating. Well, this episode was there. It existed. <laughs> Hard to get enthused about. My rating, Daniel McGives this a Dr. Duncan 1.9 out of 5. P.S. Did you know that women... Oh, never mind. <laughs> wow. 1.9 out of 5. Beginning to question my rating. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic mini, Daniel. Thank you very much. Also now thinking, uh, couldn't we have done a, a Duncan Doctors, Duncan Donuts kind of thing at some... Oh. Well done. Well done, Daniel. Yep. Right. Who's next? Why, you mean just for who's next? (laughs) They've written a review just for you. Just for who begins? It's a witch. It's Satan. (laughs) Why, no, friends. It's episode eight. Yippee. Oddly enough, I ended up enjoying this one way more than I thought I did. Here's the corroboration. No, seriously, look at my thick and chunky list of positives. Yeah, two Cs. Probably two Cs too few. (laughs) (laughs) 
Just for Who Begins, one really good characterization. I do wish they delved even more into the characters, but I found that the book that the episode was based off does provide that, the novelization you mentioned. Interesting. Yes. Two, better than average acting. Is this what happens when actors actually have material to work with? <laughs> Could be Just for Who. Yeah, zing. Number three, the storytelling, the lore. Everything was really well paced. Except for the ending. Let's ignore the last eight minutes because what the fuck was that? <laughs> Four, the yassification of uh, King James. Yas King! Don't know how historically accurate... <laughs> sorry. Don't know how historically accurate him being queer was, but hey, I loved it. I have read or heard intimations. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was more or less official. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't think you'd go that far. Oh, probably not official. Maybe I'm going a little bit too Behind far Behind closed uh, doors. Uh, you know, what happens in the court stays in the court and so on. Yeah. Five. <laughs> the being afraid to face yourself message was good, but it did feel a bit rushed. I wished they'd spend more time on that over the Morax gobbledygook. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And six and last, addressing the fact that the Doctor's a woman in a way that was appropriate for the context of the story. Really well done. Agreed. Also unrelated to this episode, but it's dawned on me that Series 11 gives off the same vibes as Series 7. No real arc, all standalone episodes, and overall stock standard filler episodes. Penny for your thoughts? Uh, remind me, what's in season seven? Season seven was the one that was split into two parts. Madame Kavarian was in it, I think. And the good man went to war. Oh. Yes. Oh. And then Rory and Amy left. I mean, yeah, that- the arc was them leaving, wasn't it? And Clara arriving. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm heading to the list of Doctor Who television stories on TARDIS Wikia. Let's have a look at season seven. It was a bit random what you got from week to week. I think that's fair to say. Here we go. Series seven. Asylum of the Daleks. Dinosaurs in a spaceship. Town called Mercy. Power of three. Angels take Manhattan. Great episode. The Snowman. Bells of St. John. <laughs> Rings of Akhurton. Great episode. Cold War. Hide. Journey to the center of the TARDIS. Crimson Horror. Nightmare and Silver. And Name the doctor we did start to wonder by the end of the series does matt smith wish he was gone already (laughs) so yeah Yeah, maybe (laughs) yeah good point just for who uh just for who does conclude with best bit the first 39 minutes worst bit the last eight minutes (laughs) absolutely and just for who would rate this a 4.3 out of Five. Peace out and take care. Well, peace out to you. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, Minnie. Nice. Who's next? Why, it's Kieran Evans. Hello, Kieran. Hi, Kieran. Kieran starts. So this one. First up, I found it very hard to take Alan Cummings seriously in this on rewatch. He was definitely acting for a different show. Hey, that's what you said. Other than that, I quite like it. Maybe a little slow in the beginning after the initial opening scenes. Also, the gang have to be thankful that the Morax liked to build up tension so there was time for them to turn up and save King James at the end. Bit of a trope, isn't it? Not just walking through an open jail cell door. (laughs) Yep. I suppose, says Kieran, evil alien creatures possessing dead bodies isn't exactly original. We've had it before in Who, with the Unquiet Dead being an obvious example, but this episode is a fairly decent version of it. Actually, thinking about it, disturbing an ancient site and releasing a great evil is similar to stories such as The Demons, The Awakening, and I suppose The Eaters of Light. So yeah, not really original, but yeah, I like it. Nice. Everyone in the gang had something to do. 
and Kieran likes Graham, Ryan and Yes having their own adventure following the mud zombies, whilst the Doctor was having issues with King James. Other than the maybe not very original plot, it's Alan Cumming and his King James that just don't gel for me with this one. Oh. So Kieran thinks it's a 3.6 out of 5 ducking stools actually being funky alien locks. That's way higher than I thought you were going to give it, Kieran. Yeah, same. Oh, I love it. A very similar rating to ours for very different reasons. I am loving this. How do you rate it that highly around Alan Cumming? <laughs> <laughs> Alan Cumming is like, is this episode? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this, no. I mean, Kieran's found a way. I'm digging it. Very good stuff, man. Very good stuff. Ah. Dude, yep. have you seen upstairs? No. Oh, I'm going to have to show you later on. I've got so many boxes. I need to transport them somewhere. I don't know. I was going to ask you at first, but I don't think they're going to fit inside a regular car. Oh, and the other thing you have to think about is Oxford's going to bring that zero emissions zone in. That's so right. So if you hire a transportation vehicle that emits regular exhaust, you're going to have to pay for that shit. Also, a recession is just looming on the horizon. And I mean, we do need to think about the environment. Indeed. Where might I turn? <laughs> you could turn to KJ Evans 2 on Twitter. Oh, I knew there was a solution. Podcast land, KJ Evans 2. Thank you very much, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Hey, Maxwell Renner. <laughs> Maxwell begins. This episode felt really short. I just pressed play and then it ended. Isn't that what always happens, Maxwell? This episode is a top five for re-watching, and I'll probably watch it again in another year. Nice. I love the way the Doctor shakes off Yaz quickly at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you go and ask questions somewhere else. Then you're going to find us in this massive hall in exactly the right room straight away. convenient not for me (laughs) (laughs) for just maxwell's own sake why couldn't we just leave ryan with james oh the tree being a prison and the doctor just hitting it was not a good ending to the story it could use a more physical spell making scene where they need to cast a spell to banish them i like that that is good that's really good have them do something scientific that looks from the outside, exactly like a spell. Yes, indistinguishable from magic. Precisely. Oh. So Jamie Jamie One is there looking onto the whole thing and just goes, uh, okay, it turns out there are good witches. Yeah, yeah. I'm a white hat witch or whatever. Holy smokes. Nice. Yeah, um, excellent, excellent idea. Man. Goodness, now I'm seeing this scene in my head and why isn't King James saying, oh, these burning brands worked so well against the witches, I'm going to open the Torchwood Institute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there must be a reason why. Sorry, uh, sorry, Maxwell, don't worry. We're going to get back to your mini in a second. <laughs> but there must be a reason why at the very end of this episode when the TARDIS dematerializes, uh, James I doesn't go, fuck, they were witches. <laughs> like, this is clearly witchcraft. <laughs> they went into a box and then the box just disappeared <laughs> into the ether. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Screw this episode. Mm. Uh, Maxwell continues. I did like the visual effects of the episode and was given knock-knock vibes with the makeup. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Oh, that was that was a part of my note. I said how unoriginal the last 10 minutes were and it was just knock-knock but with the oak finish replaced with dark teak. <laughs> Yes. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) The shot of Alan coming when the companions are telling him to command the Doctor to be lifted was perfect. The writing for this story was better, but some lines just didn't sound or sit well. However, a good cast for this episode, as well as the Doctor saying, if they were a man, they could do the job quicker, was good. 
Yeah, agreed. When the doctor is tied up, she says some amazing, inspiring things, which is brilliant when it comes to the overall story arc. Agreed! We get one more good part when we see Becca Savage begging for her life to be saved. When? At the end? I... Not the very end. I think her last scene as Becca Savage. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe agree slightly less, but sure, a little bit. I give this episode, says Maxwell Rayner, a 3.2 out of 5 tree stump prisons, which are just as effective as Chris Chibnall's writing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and by that, I mean amazing. <laughs> nice very if, well very well done and if you want to read some more of maxwell's sick burns before the next episode you can follow him on twitter at the true misty that is right <laughs> thank you very much maxwell who's last why it's michael, michael richway <laughs> feels so good oh well it would being so big <laughs> Michael begins with a list of legs. Yeah, uh, what are they? Camp King James. More of him, please. Oh, yes, please. Zombie mud tree aliens. More of them, please. Disagree. <laughs> Graham's witch vein the hat. More of that, please. Absolutely. And as someone deathly allergic to horses, Michael agrees with Becca. Creatures of Satan. <laughs> Less of them, please. In fact, kill them all. <laughs> Horses, nay. <laughs> oh, dear. Michael continues with a list of boobs. First boobs. <laughs> Why didn't the zombie mud tree aliens kill the Doctor and Cole when they knocked them out? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> one, had, one had a friggin' axe. <laughs> Good point. Chop them all up, morons. <laughs> Yeah, Michael, you just earned your, yourself a place on a list somewhere, but I agree. And last, <laughs> the zombie mud tree aliens were all revealed and resolved within about seven minutes. Should this have been a two-parter? Nope. I wanted a zombie <laughs> mud tree alien attack on 17th century London. Oh, actually, I take it back. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Very nice, Michael. Uh, Michael does give this a rating. Oh, of, does he? Of, of what? <laughs> 3.1 out of 5. Reanimated bodies that should have totally resorted to maggot-infested, rotted corpses post-possession. Oh, uh, I think we're neglecting the fact that mud has exactly the same properties as formaldehyde. So, no, I agree. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you put it on your skin and it keeps it young and taut, right? So. That's true. Yeah. You know what we should do? We should get rid of coffins. Just like bury bury people in soil and then just like water it. Yeah. That's how it works. Goodness. Yeah. I believe Michael follows up with an aside. An aside of... Oh, oh, of course, because this is a couple of weeks ago, or a week ago at least. Boris the Cricket Knobface has resigned! <laughs> Hurrah! <laughs> Although this does bring to mind the... Seventh Doctor's final line in the cliffhanger of episode one of Silver Nemesis, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. In brackets. No, I don't, Michael. <laughs> brackets. Me neither. <laughs> But can't wait to find out. <laughs> Thank you very much, Michael. Excellent mini. <laughs> uh, people who are not Michael can, of course, follow Michael on a line. You can be found at beard. Underscore. A movie. Underscore. Uh, club. Express your love for him post haste. <laughs> Like me. Love you, Michael. Uh, Michael. So, so big. big. <laughs>
wow, and that is it for our Witchfinders review and for your Witchfinders review podcast land. Thank you very much, everyone who sent something in for this. Fantastic stuff all over the place, but ratings-wise, kind of homogenous. I'm digging it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like berries in mud. Yeah, holly berries. Yeah, a point which was in my notes, we didn't discuss it. Yeah, I never really figured out what was going on. No, yeah, I mean, that was one of, sort of uh, a question. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Um... <laughs> <laughs> But this is not all of Doctor Who. There is. There is way more. Next up, we're going to talk about uh, a classic Who serial. What's that going to be? Vengeance on Varos. Very interesting. I hear that's quite a good one. So do I. After that, we're going to be back in New Who territory with It Takes You Away. Yes. Which I remember being quite atmospheric and potentially good. It has a weird frog in it or something. (laughs) We'll get to that. Yeah. I cannot wait. At some point, we're going to do an Audio Who review as well. We really need to do it. We've had at least one mini for it, by the way. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the redacted series just ended, so we need to get on and catch up with that. We should do that as well. Yeah. What is the next Audio Who review? The Gathering. That is right. And I was going to say after that, but most likely before of everything we've just mentioned, is going to be a bonus (laughs) review. There is? Yes. uh, It's already been recorded. In fact, we recorded it in two parts. We're going to have... Shall I say it? I'll just say it. We're going to have a new to Who Back When. Fans of Who Back When and fans of fellow Doctor Who podcast, New to Who, will rejoice to find out that Stephen of New to Who fame stopped by Oxford and crashed here. And we recorded a couple of bonus episodes. Uh, So one of those is dropping most likely after this one. Splendid! Yes! <laughs> More details to follow. And Podcast Land, if you're wondering where Marie is, well, she's really leaning on the part half of part-time at the moment. <laughs> so maybe don't expect her necessarily every time, but she'll drop in from time to time, as you heard in our 400th episode last week. We're all still friends. Of course. Yeah, even Flaps. He was just busy or lazy or something. <laughs> And attendant to that, we are going to go back to a once a week review schedule so that we can catch up with Doctor Who, if not in time for our 10th anniversary, definitely in time for RTD and Shooty Gatwa's new reign of excellence to begin. That's exactly right. So look forward to getting, I mean, with the exception of the, the odd bonus episode and audio Who review, getting a classic Who review every other week and a new Who review every other week. Uh, we're going to be freaking bombarding your podcast inboxes podcast land so get your earballs ready henceforth once a week <laughs> and in person like clockwork yeah that's right yeah. every every couple of weeks you and i are going to meet in here in this room in person in sync I've had a freaking blast, man. This has been really, really good. You've really turned my evening around. I'm not going to see... Well, actually, I'm going to see you on Sunday. But aside from that, I'm not going to see you in person here for possibly as much as two weeks. In the meantime, if I were to want to reach out to you on Twitter, could I do so? You could, at TrueBackWen. Excellent branding. And for one final piece of quid pro quo, (laughs) where might I follow you in return, my good chap? Are you not following me already? I can be found at Ponkin. (laughs) P-O-N-K-E-E-D. Until the next time, Podcast Land, thank you again for being such a lovely audience, and thank you, Drew, for a spiffing soiree. Uh, Please, everyone, rock on, be rad and excellent to each other, and cheer-cheer. Baby. Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hey! 
Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash whobackwhen. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome. High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it. We're at whobackwhen. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit. Listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters and more which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, cha ciao. Who back when?